that case. Hope not hates are basically controlling Britain. Hope not hate. An alluring name for those more concerned about social justice than truth. These backwards, these backwards thinking, virtue, sick, virtue signaling, fake news crazy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hope Not Hate podcast, your fortnightly-ish roundup of uh, far right, alt right, nasty right uh, goings on. We have some good stuff sometimes. <laughs> we do like, have some... Let's not just advertise that. <laughs> we do have some. We do have some happy talk sometimes. Uh, we do have some hope as well as some of the hate. I'm joined by my colleagues, who you just heard from, Sophia. Hi. <laughs> and uh, Joe. Morning. How's everyone? I've got really bad heartburn, and I'm. Woke up all grumpy and it hasn't got any happier. So I'll be doing the hate today rather than the it's hope. It's not like it's any different yeah. from what you usually do, but sure. <laughs> don't don't switch off. It will be okay. And Sphere, how are you? I, I'm good. You're, you're, yeah. you're the light side of this. Uh, well, not my topic, but yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I'm still coming off the high of being at conference and the warm white wine that, that goes with that. Uh, I was at late party conference this, this week, and I'm going to talk about that later. But we're also going to talk about UKIP conference, and I think we should start off with the For Britain conference, because Katie Hopkins is back in the news. Sophia, do you want to give us the rundown? Yes, so Katie Hopkins, just for our listeners to be updated, she left, I mean, they parted ways uh, with the Mail Online when she used to write a column for them. Uh, Then she lost the LBC show she had after calling for final solution after the Manchester attacks, although she did take that down and apologise afterwards. Still vile, though. Um, and she now works for Rebel Media, uh, the far-right Canadian platform. How would you describe them, Joe? Yeah, it's, a, it's an uh, anti-Islam, anti-Muslim platform set up in Canada by a character called Ezra Levant, who's actually in London today, funny enough. Um, and uh, Tommy Robinson used to be there, Lawrence Southern used to be there. It's had kind of it's the who's who of the anti-Muslim world has been given a platform by this guy. So she appeared at the Four Britain conference last Sunday, and... Aside from For Britain being founded by Anne Marie Waters, uh, Anne Marie Waters, an anti-Muslim activist, um, speakers over there included Ingrid Kalkfist, a Swedish anti-Muslim writer, which Joe knows really well. Yeah, yeah. So she's a, an interesting woman. She's um, she's long been part of the anti-Muslim movement, um, and she's one of these people that started off as a single-issue person looking at Islam and looking at Muslims, and became increasingly extreme until the point where. Over the last year or so, she's become really anti-Semitic. She's denied the Holocaust. She's engaged in all sorts of anti-Semitism online, got involved with really extreme white nationalist groups. Um, So one of those people that's made that journey. So it's really interesting that she was at this conference. And then there was Robert Spencer, who is actually barred from entering the UK. So he had a a video-type speech. And... Another yeah, great guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a really, really another repugnant one. You know, we, we got him banned from the United Kingdom f- quite a few years ago. When he How did that happen? We did a campaign and we spoke to we got the Home Office involved and all that sort of stuff. And they banned him, which is, uh, which was nice. So he hates us. But he, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a kind of one of the big players. He runs um, a number of really important websites in the anti-Muslim movement. And he's kind of a big name. So, it was, again, it was probably quite a boon for Amory Wars to get him, actually. And just to kind of describe For Britain a bit more, I mean, uh, Hope Not Hate uh, managed to get their hands on an internal poll uh, by for that was it was a survey in in For Britain for the members, and they voted on key policies, and it included ninety six percent who wanted to uh, a campaign to abolish the Human Rights Act, 
and 64% of nearly a thousand respondents uh, also voted in favor of a free speech law and to repeal hate, spe hate speech laws. So it kind of shows the group that they are. What I found interesting, and I wanted to put that question to the both of you, is it in a weird way, is it a good thing that Katie Hopkins is nearly out of the mainstream? Like she's just in those groups? I think she is. I think she's gone. I think we know who she is. And I think that the mainstream media is now covering her in a, in a, in a way that changed around, you know, three or four months ago, maybe six months ago with some outlets. They don't cover her like the former celebrity that, that, that she used to be covered. She's now someone who is described primarily as an anti-Islam activist or a far-right activist rather than the former apprentice show uh, star so I think that that's been a that's been a change that has happened and it is so well earned I mean she is so extreme and and it combines very extreme politics with extraordinary levels of unpleasantness <laughs> so uh, I mean I think that's a, is a good thing I think the media is generally doing a, a good job of describing her in the way she should be described what do you think Joe? yeah I mean I agree I mean it, at first I was kind of shocked when she was going to be at four Britain conference um, and then kind of when I actually sat down and thought about it, I thought, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, this is a woman that's been engaging in such vile politics for so long. I mean, we were talking really extreme stuff. Um, that, yeah, she, it's right that she's slipped into the sewer with the rest of these people. And, um, the and it's not only for Britain either. I mean, she's speaking at the traditional Britain group conference in October too. Exactly, yeah. I mean, basically, look, Katie Hopkins is far right. Um, she is, has been for quite some time explicitly far right. And so I guess we just shouldn't be surprised that she's now explicitly hanging around with far right people. You, you could say she's morally bankrupt. Hey. Yeah, um, is that too soon? No, it's no, never too soon. I'll tell you what, I was over the moon when she went bankrupt, and I'll say it clearly. I was but didn't she file for something so she wouldn't go bankrupt? Yeah, she did, yeah. But it was to all intents and purposes, she's skin, which is positive. Great. All right. On that, on that breezy <laughs> note, uh, let's move on to talk about the UKIP conference. Um, Joe, you weren't, you weren't there, but you followed it pretty closely. What? I mean, he could have been there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, we looked at we looked at it very, very closely, the UKIP conference this year. Um, it was an interesting one. We'd be looking forward to it um, in one way. Um, UKIP is another party that, again, has shifted right. Um, probably a bad idea for them in terms of the way Brexit's going. They could have picked up a lot of kind of Tory voters and that sort of thing. But it has become increasingly far right. It's increasingly occupying the ground formerly occupied by the British National Party. And the conference was kind of emblematic of that. It had, we've seen that we've mentioned before on the podcast and a number of articles about how big name alt-right figures and alt-right figures have come into the party. Milo Yiannopoulos, Paul Joseph Watson from Infowars in America, um, Count Dankula, Sargon of Akkad. These are, uh, yeah, I know. Every time I, I say those names... I can't, I can't it sounds like you just went into gaming or something. Well, they, I mean, they are from that world, which is, you know, unsurprising. But they are adults, actually, who have chosen these names, which I think says a huge amount about them. But um, they turned up, and I mean, Count Dankula was there. He addressed the stage, each from the stage. Um, he gave a talk. Sargon of Akkad gave a video because he couldn't make it. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson didn't turn up because he didn't turn up at anything, this guy. I mean, I think it's probably just a bit of cowardice. And then... Um, Milo wasn't mean? there either. Well, he never turns up anything. He always says he's going to be at events and demonstrations and then invariably sits in his bedroom. You sound nearly disappointed. I am. I'd love to meet the guy. <laughs> um, so it was an interesting conference in that sense. Um, there was some really extreme stuff being handed out inside the conference. There was 9-11 truth or literature, kind of conspiracy stuff was handed oh. out. Oh, wait. Uh, what do they think happened? 
I like all these conspiracies that it was either an inside job or I mean there's all different types of 9-11 truther sort of stuff um, there was some really kind of Christian extremism stuff someone handed out a, a leaflet that inside said that the burning down of the Glasgow art school was God's retribution like some really really fringe politics stuff going on at this conference and but of course unsurprisingly lots of people have been unhappy with this so kind of the more moderate end of UKIP have long been unhappy with this drift if there is such a thing as the more moderate end anymore it's all relative it's all relative <laughs> but actually you know we've seen uh, you know because of course a lot of this revolves around the discussions around Tommy Robinson joining and whether or not he'd be allowed to join. There was a technicality, so there was no vote at the conference, but it was certainly a big discussion topic um, on the floor. You know, uh, Lord Ran- uh, kind of a couple of people from the stage addressed this issue mm-hmm. and said that they wanted him to join. And then actually just uh, and uh, yesterday... Gerard, ba- Gerard Batten was very pro. He's long been pro. He's been a big supporter of Tommy Robinson, been very, very vocal. He spoke at some of the free Tommy demonstrations that we saw in London, said some really extreme stuff. Some of the most extreme stuff I've ever seen, actually, at demonstrations in the UK. But others like Nigel Farage came out and said he didn't think UKIP was going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, Nigel Farage, a number of people have actually... Actually, just yesterday or a few days ago, Lord William Dartmouth, who's one of their MEPs, has resigned from the party. And he produced a really damning letter, just a few little choice cuts from it. Um, he wrote it to Batten and said, under your intern leadership... UKIP has moved further and further to the right and is now widely perceived as both homophobic and anti-Islamic. He says, I cannot in good faith continue to be a member of a party whose leader continues to make abusive and offensive comments on Islam and the Prophet Muhammad. There are also homophobic comments publicly stated by your appointee as UKIP spokesman on the family, which, as you know, I also deplore. So this is a party that's shifted right. You've seen a load of... It's interesting to see the shades of grey within the party. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And can I just add to that, Nigel Farage, what you mentioned, it's also interesting because when Batten um, attended uh, the anti-Muslim rally uh, a few days ago and he talked about some horrible stuff about Islam, you know, the usual, and Nigel Farage actually condemned him and said that he needed to concentrate on Brexit and that it was not the moment for people to pursue their personal hobby horses. So in a weird way, Nigel Farage is kind of defending Muslims against Batten? I wouldn't say defending Muslims. I think he's just playing good, good politics. And what he says is absolutely right. You know, lots of people are angry about how Brexit's going on both sides of the political spectrum, but also, especially those people that are angry thinking it's not going to be the Brexit that they wanted. Those sorts of people would be looking to something like UKIP if it was a legitimate vehicle. Um, it's not at the moment because he's constantly talking about Islam and he's talking about home, you know, and there's this homophobic element. So he's actually lot closing down opportunities. So Farage is right about that. I, I mean, my concern is that people don't aren't following this closely enough to know this is the direction that UKIP are going in. So I think as the debate of, as, over Brexit fractures and, and the, the Tories' negotiating position loses some of their support off the right of their, of their base, people who are angry about Brexit might go to UKIP without realising they're actually going into the arms of, of a party that has become so, so extreme. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a topic that... Uh, we'll be covering and I hope the media will be covering over the the next uh, uh, few weeks but I want to just quickly pick up on um, you mentioned uh, Tommy Robinson Stephen Yaxley Lennon um, uh, as as wanted to join the the party has been encouraged to try and join the party um, but in the meantime while that debate is going on he's also been up again in court yes 
um, another court case. Yeah, that no. guy can really multitask. <laughs> um, well, he's been relatively quiet in the last in the last month or so because he's had this hearing coming up, um, which was well, we're recording this on Thursday, so it was today, um, and there was a rehearing of his Leeds trial around uh, numerous things that he'd been up to, and um, which we've covered on loads. And he'd been out on bail, and they were re looking at it about whether or not there was an obstruction of justice and a few various bits and pieces that he'd been. Um, up for and actually we were everyone was waiting to see whether or not he might go back to prison today or whether or not he'd be kind of completely discharged and the actual result has been kind of relatively inconclusive it lasted about 20 minutes the hearing um, the protests there was a protest outside but none, nothing of kind of great interests and basically we're back to square one um, Robinson is back out on bail but he must attend the next hearing uh, he's been told he can't go up to Leeds Crown Court which is where he did the original video that had got him in trouble um, Basically, there's a prospective date which has been highlighted, which is 23rd of October, um, and Judge Hillard will actually only then be delivering findings on the procedure going forward. So we could be talking another couple of months here. So basically, it's all back to square one. Um, he said, you know, uh, his I think Tommy's lawyer turned around and said they wanted to submit some various bits and pieces that they needed some time for. So there's going to be another hearing, which will be about the procedure, and then we'll see what happens going forward. So basically, it's all just kind of hold your breath time and see what happens. Yeah, in the interests of uh, uh, being cautious, let's not have a big discussion and speculate about what might happen on the 23rd. But I think it's a, it's a fascinating case, and he's obviously pretty worried about what might happen. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, he's released a few videos saying he's worried he's going down for two years. Um, I'm not sure what, what, you know, why he's saying that, but he's been very vocal about this on and social media and starting to come out. So we'll have to see what happens. And either way, if he goes back inside into prison, I think we'll see demonstrations. And if he comes back out, he'll once again become much more vocal and, and a political presence. So either way, there's ramifications. Cool. So the last topic uh, to cover is uh, Labour Party conference and particularly the debate that they had um, over Brexit. Uh, I was there with a couple of my colleagues, um, Rosie Carter, um, who was on last week's podcast uh, talking about her involvement in the national conversation, had a great uh, fringe meeting on Sunday, uh, really packed room. We didn't have any warm white wine uh, or any white wine of any kind, which is a bit disappointing. But apart from that, it was a really great meeting. Lisa Nandy, the Labour MP for uh, Wigan, um, was there and gave a a really great speech. And they were covering all the topics that... um, we talked about last week in terms of um, uh, people out in the country and the, the, you know, the political dislocation that's been going on and people's frustrations and anger about the changing nature of, of work and, and whatnot. One of the things I was following really closely was um, the debate over Brexit. Um, last week, Hope Not Hate joined in uh, the launch of a, a new campaign, We Want the Final Say.com, where we're going to be going out to the country and talking to people who are. Um, getting nervous, increasingly nervous about the direction of the Brexit negotiations and the prospect of a no-deal Brexit and encouraging them to talk to their MPs about uh, why voters should have the final say over Brexit rather than the politicians. But there was a huge debate on the conference floor over the Labour Party's own policy on on this. It kind of ended up in a little bit of a a compromise, as these things uh, do uh, at Labour conference, with the party being open to a referendum, but... Uh, much preferring that the Tories just get out of the way and hold a general election and Labour can take over. And do what? In terms of Brexit? Labour want to take over the negotiations. They've got six tests. Jeremy Corbyn was asked about them uh, on TV um, a couple of days ago and couldn't remember all of them. So I don't feel too bad about not being able to remember them either. But the Labour Party is 
uh, much more keen on full participation in the single market, mm. wants to stay in the customs union, uh, wants guarantees or wants to ensure that uh, the social legislation, the workers' rights legislation, maternity leave and, and, and other things like that are protected uh, under Brexit. Um, and so they're, they're much uh, keen on staying a lot closer uh, um, to the EU than the Conservative Party position. But the really interesting thing was a throwaway comment that Keir Starmer made, the shadow Brexit secretary, when he was talking about uh, the prospect of a referendum on the final deal. Uh, he, he made a point of saying that Remain would be, or he wasn't ruling out that Remain would be one of the options um, for, the, uh, for that referendum, which is a, a sore point internally. There's a debate going on about whether or not no matter what happens during the negotiations, no matter what changes amongst public opinion, we should definitely 100% leave the EU no matter what. Or other people say public opinion has shifted, the negotiations haven't gone very well, the final Brexit deal isn't what was promised originally, and therefore um, there should either be a general election or a referendum on, on that final deal. Taking a step back, it would be nearly funny if we just gone through all this torture and we end up back into no Brexit land. I mean, it's all funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to find the right word, but I mean, you know, it's been going on for like two, three years now and, you know, it's dominated so many conversations. It's a bit like UK Brexit and then US Trump. Like well, those we've, are two we've, conversation points. We've been having lots of conversations with people um, through the citizens panels or, or focus groups or, or, you know, some of the research we've been doing um, and, and two things really come across from a lot of uh, voters, especially those who voted leave. Firstly, this is way, uh, this is taking a lot longer than they expected. And why can't the politicians just get on with it? You know, just hand back the membership card and we're, we're out. Uh, and secondly, this is not what we were told would happen. This is way more complicated. We didn't realise there were going to be all these problems with um, trading with the rest of Europe. We didn't know there was going to be all these problems with um, uh, being able to import and export goods and, and so on and so forth. So I think there, there is a big change. But one of the things that's really interesting about this uh, We Want the Final Say uh, campaign is we're going to go out and talk to voters who, it's about 16% of voters who haven't really been paying that much attention to the Brexit debate over the last 18 months. And whenever I talk to anyone about that and say, these are the people we're going to, the kind of swing voters, if you like, people I talk to cannot believe there's anyone in the country that doesn't know all about the ins and outs of the Brexit debate, because it's been so encompassing, uh, you know, in mm -hmm. Westminster and in the media and everything else. But there are loads and loads of people out there in the country who are just tuning it out and getting on with their lives and I wish I was one of those people <laughs> sometimes in terms of the we want the final say um, is there a kind of the campaign is there a definitive this is what you'll, the ballot wants to be um, it will be in and out it will be the deal no deal have you got an idea in mind of what the campaign's pushing for well the campaign's pushing for voters to have the final say on the deal rather than politicians we don't know what the final deal is at the moment but it's increasingly looking like there, there isn't really the prospect of a good Brexit on the table. It's a no-deal Brexit or some kind of blind Brexit, and therefore there needs to be that backstop of giving voters a final say. But a lot of this stuff is up in the air at the moment, and we don't know exactly where the deal is going to land. But um, the, the key thing is that um, it's such a huge and momentous, momentous decision that uh, we think voters should get that final say rather than the politicians'. 
Um, I think that's they wrap that up for the for this week. Um, there's a lot been going on and uh, uh, a lot uh, coming out over the next uh, week or so. So if you don't already, make sure you do follow us on uh, Twitter. We're at Hope Not Hate. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Hope Dot N Dot Hate. Uh, and if you have a chance to uh, support the work we do, if you're able to, um, we um, really need people to join the Hope Action Fund. It's a way of supporting the, the research work that, that Hope Not Hate does and our campaign work. You can support us by signing up at hopenothate.org.uk slash action hyphen fund. Chip in with a £5 donation each month and become a member of that fund. It will really help us a lot. If you can, please rate us and leave a review on whichever podcast platform you use. It helps other people find us, apparently. No one's doing that, by the way. So I did check, without sounding bitter, right? I did check, and there's like three. I mean, they're all very nice, so thank you, whoever they are. And like, come on. Write it. Maybe I need to to ask for people to do that at the beginning rather than right at the end where people have now left and are making their cup of tea. Uh, We'll do that for next time. But in the meantime, thank you for those people who have listened all the way to the end. And uh, we'll be back next week. Cheers. Bye.